Life Group leaders, great to be with you as we are jumping into a series overview for our next sermon series, looking at the book of Philippians, yes. titled Fighting for Joy. This is going to be incredible. Uh, I've got uh, the one and only, our senior pastor, Eric Geiger, here to do, as we often do, these series overviews with our Life Group leaders. Uh, glad to spend some time with you looking at this incredible book. Life Group leaders, I am so thankful for you. And so excited to do this podcast and talking to JT about this upcoming series. Yeah, that's it. And uh, you can't see it, but Eric's Instagram live or something. Well, I just I, I'm I'm just possibly posting something. I just I I want to see who is going to actually listen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I might ask Life Group leaders, hey, do you listen to yeah, yeah. the Life Group Leader podcast and 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 see what they say? That's it. That's a great way to to measure that. That's great. Uh, man, but these are so fun to do. These we do these every week. Obviously, we release them on Fridays for the upcoming sermon, and then. When we start a new sermon series, we get some time with you to do an overview and to give uh, leaders a little bit of a, more of an insight into what to expect during yep. the, the series. This is going to be a great series. Um, it's another book of the Bible, I, which I we're jacked it. for, right? I love it. I love that our church loves to study the scripture, loves to study books in the Bible. There's 66 books. Yep. I believe it'd be awesome if I could teach all 66 books during my tenure as pastor of Mariner's Church. This year, we're hitting three books, so we've already taught through the book of Jude, now the book of Philippians in the fall, we will teach through Daniel. So the book of Philippians, it is commonly known, I'm not the only one who said this, lots of scholars have called it the book of joy. Yeah. So if people love to study Jude, and our church did, you'll love to study Philippians. I mean, Jude is intense, yeah. and Philippians is intense as well, but in it's really intense about something we all long for, joy. And where does joy come from? How do we get joy? Joy is mentioned 12 times in these four chapters. So Book of Philippians is only four chapters, but 12 times there is either rejoice or joy in the the passage. Right. And I've heard people say that we're all kind of on our joy quest, that we're all out there to try to find meaning and happiness and things that bring us joy, That's external right. things. And man, in Southern California, wherever people might be listening from, that's a huge part. Like we all seek after experiences and different things. Yeah. You and I were just talking about one of our great passions, you know, sports and basketball and who's going to win this game and who's going to win that. And we look to all these kinds of yep. things to bring that to us. Blaise Pascal, he famously said, all men seek happiness. This is without exception. Right. So we're all looking for it. We're all on a quest, as you say, for joy. And many of the, the ways that, well, every way that we look for joy outside of Jesus fails us because he's the the only way we have joy. In fact, C.S. Lewis said, God can't give you joy apart from himself. There's no such thing. Yeah. There's no such thing as real joy apart from him. That's good. And we know that to be true from the scriptures. We know that to be true from our own experiences. But I think Philippians is uniquely positioned. And maybe you can walk us through a little bit of the background, the context, I mean, where Paul is writing from, which makes the kind of the thesis of this book that much more like impactful when totally. we consider his circumstance. And, and I want to, before I hit some of the background, yeah. just say, hey, life group leaders, this will be a great study for you with your group as the spring is wrapping up and as summer goes in, because we'll have, you will spend 10 weeks in, in the book of Philippians, because I think a lot of people in your group will probably identify with the need that the book of Philippians addresses. So mm -hmm. the need is people don't often feel as if they have flourishing or joy in their lives, and yet they want that. They want they want joy. There's a an article that really released about a year and a half ago that went viral in the New York Times, and this psychologist from Wharton said, 
he, he, he quotes some others. He said that this is the predominant feeling of all of his friends. And he thinks the predominant feeling of the culture now coming out of COVID. And he said, it's not, it's the, he called this feeling that most of us have the neglected middle child. Mm. And then the, the, on the other side is the feeling of depression. And on the other side is the, the, feel, the feeling of flourishing. Mm. And so we know what flourishing is. We know what depression is, but then he calls the neglected middle child languishing, languishing, and that the majority of his friends and the majority of American culture right now, if they had to describe themselves, they would say, I'm just languishing. I'm not, and we know depression is a real, a real issue. We've, we've taught on anxiety and depression, but he'd say he, the psychologist is saying, most aren't saying that's where I am. But most also are not saying, I am flourishing and filled with joy, that the common human experience right now is, I'm just languishing. Mm. So you as a life group leader, you serve people who, whether they've used that term or not, likely there's a sense of languishing. The book of Philippians is the solution to our languishing. Mm -hmm. And so the Apostle Paul writes it, as JT mentioned, he writes it from a place you would not expect someone who is going to talk about joy to write from. He writes from prison. He's Most scholars believe he's imprisoned in Rome. He's writing to people in Philippi, and Rome is the dominant world power at the time. Philippi is a colony of Rome, and so it's under Roman rule as well as much of the world is at that time, or the known world is at that time. And he has insisted, the Apostle Paul has insisted, not that Caesar is Lord, but that Jesus is Lord, and that he came here to bring good news, the we gospel. We can understand like, how revolutionary that statement That's really is. That's crazy. I mean, he's writing to, like you said, a colony where probably there were a lot of you know, retired military personnel, people that served Caesar, where Caesar was, yes. Lord and right. I mean, just making that statement is like, what are you talking about? He says Jesus is Lord. He also talks about your citizenship. Yeah, yeah. Being in that kingdom. So not you're a citizen really of Rome, even though you're a colony of Philippi, but really, yeah, you're a colony of a better kingdom. Yeah. You 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 are to bring the kingdom of Jesus, the good news of Jesus to Philippi. You're a citizen of that kingdom. Jesus is Lord. So Paul had all these radical teachings that he shared, radical in a in a world that the Caesar was viewed and revered as the Lord over a kingdom. Mm -hmm. Paul says, Jesus is Lord over the real kingdom that you're a part of. Your citizenship is really in that kingdom. And he, mm -hmm. he actually has the, the audacity to write that from prison yeah. and to speak about joy yeah, because he, there's so many, I mean, so many famous passages in the book of Philippians, but hey, I, I, I could die right now for this, but to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's in Philippians 1, 21. Then Philippians 3, he taught, oh, uh, let me not skip Philippians 2, Philippians 2. Hey, let's, let's serve one another. Let's have humble attitudes. Why? Because Christ being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He made himself nothing, taken the very nature of a servant. Being found in human likeness, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. 
and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hey, if you're wondering, if you just open up a Bible or a note app, that's straight from memorization from the heart right there, right? I mean, that's Philippians 2. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, that, by the way, was a, and, and we'll, we'll talk about this when I teach that passage. I think that's week three or four. Yeah. Um, that was an, a famous hymn yeah. that Christians were singing t- only 25 years after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. So we have joy because Jesus is Lord yeah. and he rescued us. Then you get to chapter three and man, a famous passage when Paul says, I had all of these things. I was Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day, but all of that I now consider loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, mm-hmm. becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this, I've already been made perfect, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and pressing towards what is ahead. So that's that's Philippians chapter 3. Then you get to Philippians 4, and it's the joy that we have uh, in, in Christ, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which does not mean I can duck a basketball, if I say it, I don't do it in Jesus' name, but me. I take that. Though. Yeah, I right take now, that. I bet I used to be able to. But but means if I'm sick or or well, if I'm poor or wealthy, I can deal with that because Christ is the one who who gives me strength. So yeah, he writes all of this from prison, all of this incredible joy. So if you're languishing, you have a guy in prison not languishing, but writing about joy. Yeah. And in response to also to their to their gratitude and for the their care of him as they sent somebody on their behalf to, I mean he's in prison right so when you're in prison then it's a little bit different than now you're totally left on your own yeah they don't provide anything yeah they don't have VHA back to you right exactly you're like in prison and someone has to come bring food to you right. um, you're not there's not three square meals a day and exercise time on the lawn you know right. it's it's all on you it's all on people who love you to come bring you something. Right. So there's something in the beauty of that, their connection to, to him. That They're providing for him. They're, right. They're, yeah. He says in um, verse six of chapter one that they have a partnership That's in right. the gospel. So we've got fellowship, community, and these people he's writing, you're going to be able to see these people in your group. You're going to be able to see um, these people even in your own life. So if you want to do a little background reading on Philippians as a life group leader, Go to Acts chapter 16, and you'll see it says, probably the subheading in your Bible might say Paul in Philippi. Mm-hmm. So the book of Philippians is written to people in Philippi, right? And you're, and this is really fascinating because every Jewish man prayed every morning, mm-hmm. God, thank you that I'm not a woman, a slave, or a Gentile, because they found such identity in their gender, their ethnicity, and their economic status. The first three people that you see become Christians in Philippi are a, drum roll, a woman, amazing. a slave, and a Gentile. So Lydia, this dealer in purple cloth, yeah. so she's high rolling. She's, she is a boss. She, if there was flights back then, she'd be flying from Orange County to yeah, yeah. New York. She's, she's going York. coast to coast. Yeah. Yeah. She'd yeah. have places, you know, in multiple cities and and, but yet it wasn't enough for her. It didn't satisfy her. So she meets Jesus because mm-hmm. he is enough. Then there's this, this um, young girl who had become a slave and could actually predict people's future because she has a demon inside of her. The apostle Paul cast out the demon. She becomes a Christian. The slave owners are so upset 
that they have Paul and his companion Silas thrown into prison. God causes the the, the, the cells to open. The jailer who's watching over them, who's a middle class, Lydia drank fine wine, he drank beer. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, he's a middle class, beefed up guy. He's about to kill himself because he loses all honor if Paul and Silas escape. And they say, don't kill yourself, we're here. They share the gospel with him. He becomes a Christian. So when Paul writes Philippians, included in that group, and some scholars believe they're probably having their life group at Lydia's house. Mm -hmm. Because I've I mean, heard that she's got a oh. she's got a nice pad, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so the jailer, the former slave, and Lydia are in a life group together. Come on. And all the neighbors are thinking, what do these people have in common? What is going on with these people? And well, what they had in common was they had a partnership in the gospel. Yeah. The only thing that brought them together was this news that Jesus is Lord. Paul's in prison. He's writing them and he's thanking them for their partnership in the gospel. No, that's beautiful. It just makes the passage, this, the, the book, just come to life. It's an awesome book. You're going to love studying this book. Yeah, it's so cool. And I, I just wonder, when we talk about languishing, it's a term you don't hear very often, but what are the contributing factors to that? And I know you're going to talk about this throughout the whole sermon series, but um, just hearing you talk about the, the birth of this church and the diversity and the radical inclusion around the gospel from people that had no business being together. And, you know, I, I feel the temptation in my own life, even in my own group, where you we can make comfort yeah, commonality and our preferences. Those things, they, those things come and go, though. They do, but I feel that pull. Yeah, in my own, my own community to, to yeah. make those things the centerpiece of what we gather around. But you have a church that was birthed through, man, just a radical explosion of the gospel, diversity. I mean, it was missionally focused and missionally sent out on on others in a situation where it was the odds were stacked against it to, to thrive. Yes. I just wonder, you know, um, the pursuit of comfort and how often we can make comfort the main thing. Yep. And then how we find out that actually when we remove the gospel, the missional mandate, the going, the, the searching after others. Yeah. When we lose that, there's no wonder then where we lose this sense of thriving in our own spiritual yep. relationship. So if you Google how to overcome my languishing. Yeah. I did it. And you'll... I'm not saying there's not some helpful things in writing there. Yeah. But you'll likely read lists of do this, do this, do this. And you likely will have, will think, you know, I, I've done those things. Yeah. You know, find, um, find a hobby that helps you forget about your, um, your pain. And that's actually a really good thing. Yeah. But you can do that and still languish. Uh, Find a group, find your tribe who accepts you as you are. That, I mean, that's that's great to have people who love you and embrace you. But there's people who do that and still find themselves languishing. The reality is, and, and our, all of our leaders, and I think the people in our groups, we're sophisticated enough to know a lot of the cultural advice about things we can do to overcome our languishing, it really hasn't delivered. Right. It hasn't delivered. Mm -hmm. So will we look, will we have the, the courage to look at this ancient book and see that there's actually wisdom provided for us from the God who knows us mm -hmm. and wants us to thrive with him? That does not mean, you know, influence or affluence. Well, again, Paul wrote this from prison, mm -hmm. but it means a, a joy deeper than our circumstances. 
And, and we find, you know, Paul says, I've learned the secret. Yeah. I've learned the secret of being content in all situations. And the secret is he's finding his joy not in things that come and go, but his joy in the one that never comes and goes, the one who's consistent, the firm foundation, which is Jesus. That's good. Yeah, I think there's that Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey quote, it's at least attributed to him, um, where he said, I wish everybody could get rich and famous and get everything they ever wanted just to find out that it's not enough. That's a great quote. You know, um, and of course, on the other side of it, it's, well, maybe I want to try that. Let's, let me find that out for, my, for myself. But we see that time and time again. Yeah. That external things, the things that we gravitate towards to bring us joy and fulfillment, they let us, not only do they let us down, but they destroy us from the inside out. And it turns out the only thing that can sustain us and give us life and meaning and purpose yeah. is the gospel. So this is going to be, this is going to be a rich series. Yeah. I, I'm glad you said the word, yeah. the gospel. So the yeah. word joys in, in the book of Philippians 14 times and the word gospel is in the book of Philippians nine times. So there's a, there's a connection between joy and really believing, receiving the good news that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. Um, and as always, man, we're, we're looking for God to do just incredible things, not only as we gather, look at his word, but in and through uh, your groups, the conversations. It's going to be a great series. We've got Father's Day. We've got a rooted celebration. I think we have two moment, um, two I believe invitations. So this is going to be great, man. And we, we want to encourage you guys, lean into it. Yeah. Show up. I mean, one of the greatest things of you leading your group is don't just show up to your group with the questions in hand, but man, take notes, observations when you're you're in the sermon, listen to the podcast in, in preparation yeah. for, for your weeks. And one thing you can learn from Paul, yeah. who wrote Philippians as a life group leader, is when Paul challenges the Christians of Philippi, he says, hey, whatever you have heard from me or seen in me, yeah, yeah. put it into practice. So what made Paul a really great, shepherd of other people, a really great leader, is he was able to say, hey, the passion you've seen in me, put it into practice. Mm -hmm. So I just say, life group leaders, one thing that your group is going to remember about your study with them in the book of Philippians, they won't even remember all the things you tell them or all the verses that you read. Here's for sure what they'll remember, the level of your passion for the book of Philippians. That's right. So if the people in your group see you being like, oh my gosh, totally. this verse, this verse this week wrecked me in all the right ways. This verse resonated with me deeply. So when God does that in your heart as a life group leader, share it with your group. Let them see in you what the word is doing to your soul. Beautiful. Amazing. Uh, would you mind praying for us? Pray for life group so, leaders as we kick this off here. Glad to. Mm -hmm. God, thanks for each leader. I, I pray that you will use the book of Philippians in their lives and that they will fall more deeply committed to you, find themselves more in love with you, more passionate for you. And Lord, your word never returns void. I pray that you'll use the book of Philippians to bring greater joy to your sons and daughters who shepherd groups of people here at Mariner's Church. In your name I pray, amen. 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 All right, Life Group leaders, we can't wait to see what God wants to do in and through you through this series. Uh, stay subscribed to this throughout the, the series. The, the weekly Life Group Leader podcast will come out on Friday. Uh, stay connected. We can't wait to see what God's going to do. 